Welcome to the Africana Magazine News Podcast. I'm your host, Eugene Brown. Part 1. Maryland's Historically Black Colleges and Universities versus MHEC, the Maryland Higher Education Commission. The remedy that's most appropriate to address the court's finding against the state on unnecessary duplication. Uh, Basically, that the state continues to operate a dual and segregated system of higher education that they must address. In order to address the court's finding on unnecessary duplication and the segregated system that it uh, promotes that we must have high demand and unique programs developed at our black institutions such that they are attractive to a wide variety of students regardless of their race. And I thought that our attorneys with their witnesses made a major case for that one that was consistent with the case made before the Supreme Court in the Fordyce case. And it was the case upon which uh, Judge Catherine Blake decided this course. Chapter 4. Fordyce versus Mississippi. Basically, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 that basically uh, added uh, equal protection Mm -hmm. as a major uh, enforceable violation of uh, the 14th Amendment and applied the 14th Amendment uh, uh, in relationship to equal protection and uh, actions under color of law, which is the title of my book, People Acting Pursuant to what was called... um, uh, not, not, not de facto segregation, but de jure right. segregation, which was unlawful and un- segregation. Uh, but at the time, de jure was considered lawful. Mm. Uh, so there you get into the undercolor of law aspect. And the 14th Amendment, I'm sorry, the uh, 1964 Civil Rights Act clarified a lot of that uh, in terms of uh, discriminatory practices that were accepted as law. Uh, throughout the nation, Jim Crow laws. Mm-hmm. So, so does Brown versus the Board of Education? Is since we're talking about education, is that uh, is that part of the uh, scenario? Well, Brown, uh, Thurgood Marshall used equal protection, yes, uh, which is again Article uh, forty-two thirty. I mean forty-two uh, USC, and he used the equal protection argument to, in fact, rever- and I don't want to get too heavy to the, for the public, That's okay. but to reverse the concept in Plessy v. Ferguson of separate but equal. Right. And uh, the Supreme Court ruled reverse Plessy versus Ferguson and declared that uh, uh, the 14th Amendment did, in fact, uh, allow equal protection or protection uh, in terms of, of civil rights for folks to desegregate uh, counters, to, to go to school. Brown had a large, large, much larger yes. ramifications yes. Uh, than just uh, the schools. schools yeah. And uh, the major thing was it basically 
added the law or was the law to, in fact, desegregate America. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so and that's my, my, you know, that's the point that I always try to make when I bring up Brown because it was so broad. Yes. Is that the subsequent, uh, you know, uh, cases that that even the uh, segregationists brought, you know, forth in trying to reverse, a, a sec, you know, desegregation. It, it, you know, it, it's all part of you know what's going on generally in education. And so, I think that's the point that we that that's being missed, uh, you know, by us, especially mm. in in the uh, HBCU situation, because they literally had uh, uh, a black schools that were was a teachers' college, and uh, the state of Mississippi. Uh, they created a white teacher's college, but they said that they didn't do it uh, just to keep, you know, white people from going to black schools, but it that didn't matter. Different missions are assigned to the university surely limits to some extent in entering students' choices to which university to seek admittance. While the courts below both agreed that the classification and mission assignments were made without discriminatory purpose. The Court of Appeals found that the record supports the plaintiff's argument that the mission designations had the effect of maintaining the more limited program scope at the historically black universities. We do not suggest that, absent discriminatory purpose, the assignment of different missions to various institutions in a state's higher education system would raise an equal protection issue where one or more of the institutions become or remain predominantly black or white. But here the issue is whether the state has sufficiently dismantled its prior dual system, and, when combined with the differential admission practices and unnecessary program duplication, it is likely that the mission designations interfere with student choice, and tend to perpetuate the segregated system. On remand, the court should inquire whether it would be practicable and consistent with sound educational practices to eliminate any such discriminatory effects of the state's present policy of mission assignments. Fourth, the state attempted to bring itself into compliance with the Constitution by continuing to maintain and operate all eight higher educational institutions. The existence of eight, instead of some lesser number, was undoubtedly occasioned by state laws forbidding the mingling of the races. And as the district court recognized, continuing to maintain all eight universities in Mississippi is wasteful and irrational. The district court pointed especially to the facts that Delta State and Mississippi Valley are only 35 miles apart, and that only 20 miles separate Mississippi State and Mississippi University for Women. by the state is that academic programs are not uh, significant in attracting uh, white students to black universities, that there are other factors of greater influence, such as scholarship money, marketing, and recruiting. We make the simple case, and we'll continue to make the simple case, that factors such as scholarship money, recruiting, the campus atmosphere, and all of those things are very important 
but not near as important as programs, that marketing is selling. If you're selling, you have to have a product. The product has to be one that meets the satisfaction of the customer, which is a student. And in this case, we're saying we must have those high-demand and unique programs, programs that are not duplicated at an institution that's just 10 to 15 miles away. And I think that that case has been made uh, very, very strongly. I have not heard anything from the state side that would... Uh, uh, counter that argument. I've heard a lot of uh, uh, PR of how great institutions are once they have had the state investment in them. Mm -hmm. But I have not heard anything that undermined yet what I consider to be court dictum. Court dictum is something, an argument that has been accepted by the court as this is, in fact, uh, the case. And so they're arguing whether or not high-demand programs, uh, unique and high-demand programs, said another way, avoiding duplication of programs, is indeed important to attracting uh, other race students to our campuses. We don't think that that's a, a very good argument because the court has already decided that in the Fordyce case, and it was the case upon which uh, Judge Catherine Blake decided this court. The Supreme Court years ago uh, said that this inequity is provable by disparate results, by impact. You don't have to prove intent. It's called the Foresight versus Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And many of the southern states want this ruling but it was early back, I mean, late in the 1990s, to be overturned because this is this case that gave the federal courts jurisdiction. It was almost an extension of Brown versus Board of Education, only it related uh, to higher education and public education. And so the theory is that Maryland uh, became the tip of the spear uh, to, in fact, challenge the the foresight decision because see, if they can get this to the United States Supreme Court then with the conservative court which it is now due to Trump's last appointment they can in fact reverse foresight and begin the demise and the economic demise and destruction of the HBCUs mm. and our situation is very different than a number of the other states that they're talking about and even the judge points out that our situation is different, the, you know, from Mississippi, from Tennessee, from Alabama and Louisiana, other states that had that went through this kind of process, and the type of money that, in some cases, they had a court-appointed master had put in. Our system is very different. Our schools are different. The uh, traditional white schools are, are, as they, as the judge said, they are integrated and have you know, percentages of African-American students that are different than what they had in Mississippi and some of these other spaces. Suit against the Higher Education Board. And so they've noted appeals. So we have two appeals 
going up to the Court of uh, uh, Appeals in the federal courts, which is dangerous territory, in my opinion, because in my opinion, uh, if it gets up there with these Republican nominees in the Republican Supreme Court, and they're going to get another nominee in there this this, this summer, uh, I think the uh, the HB is going to lose. And and if that happens, then the Fordyce decision. Uh, and, you know, go up and find out what the Court of Appeals thinks about it, and then ultimately what the Supreme Court thinks about it, because I'm not sure that the basis of uh, Judge Blake's decision, which is the Fordyce uh, decision, is going to be good law when you get up to the Roberts Supreme Court. This is a situation where uh, it ought to be solved without resort to litigation or further litigation. This podcast was created by Cousins. At Cousins, you create your own brand, self. It was recorded in the Elizabeth Brown Studios in Baltimore, Maryland for Africana Magazine and Africana Magazine News. This is a Africana Magazine podcast. Africana Magazine at gmail.com.